Exhale. Exhale. So, uh, hopefully you can keep your Bibles open. Please do that to, uh, to Philippians chapter 4. Um, our scripture that we read today was chapters 8 through 9, but I want to back up just a little bit. Oh, hopefully I don't need those. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully we back up a little bit um, to chapter 4, verse 6. You can back up just a little bit because, see, our chapter, our verses, it starts with the word finally, right? So it's the last in this letter that Paul is writing to the Philippian church, right? And he's given a series of things, but I wanted to look at what's right before finally. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's very important that we read this to kind of set up what we're going to talk about today and our verses in 8 through 9. Because it says what? Do not be anxious. How many people are anxious? How many people did we help yesterday that were anxious about where their Thanksgiving meal would come from? Right? We help them. We help take away some of that anxiousness. We give them a little bit of peace, at least for one day, at least for one meal. We give them that peace when we remove that anxiousness. But we all have different kinds of anxiousness in our lives. But what does the scripture say here in 4.6? It says what? Do not be anxious, but in prayer and supplication ask. And what protects us and what protects us is the peace of God. It says the peace of God will surpass all understanding and will guard our hearts and minds. Right? Guard our hearts and minds. And then that peace of God and guarding our hearts and minds leads us directly into our scripture in 8 and 9. Okay? So we're going to be talking about the peace of God and guarding our hearts and minds. So the handout in your bulletin. And the name of the message today is Thanksgiving Platter. So you can either appreciate the excellent PowerPoint skills to make that plate in your bulletin, or you can just realize that it's just a simple bunch of circles, but I tried really hard to make it look like a plate for you for Thanksgiving. All right? And the fork is facing the wrong way for those that are very, very good on dinner parties and everything like that, but I could not get the fork to turn the inside the other way. Okay, But just minor details that those kind of random things do go through my head. All right? But there's a plate there. And today you get to make your Thanksgiving platter, okay? So we're going to go through our scripture, we're going to go through our passage, and you get to decide what's on your plate, okay? So, let's get started. So we talked about finally, we talked about the peace of God and God in our hearts. And then he goes into whatever is true. The first thing we should put into our hearts and put into our minds is true. But don't write down true yet on your plate. Because what we have is true or we have what is false. What you put on your plate is up to you. But what does the scripture tell us to do? The scripture tells us that we should seek out the truth. And as Christians, we know that the truth is founded in Jesus Christ and we will continue to build upon that today. But the definition of true, don't you hate it when you look up a word and it uses the word in the definition? I was like, that's cheating, isn't it? That's cheating. But true, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. 
right? So when we go through our lives, do we focus on what is true? Or do we focus on what is false? Because as we look at things, untrue things should not be embraced. But we have so much responsibility today that we forget to sift through. Anybody ever went gem mining? You know, you go through there and you, you sift through, you define your gem, you define, you hope you find some gold, right? You have to work and you have to sift through it. And that's what we have to do today. We have to sift through true things and false things and we have to decide what is true. There's a lot of fool's gold out there, right? It's shiny. It looks good. I remember the first time, I think it was Morgan, we went and she was like, I found gold, Dad. I found gold. Right? And it's cute and it's sweet. But on our level, fool's gold can get you in a lot of trouble. And we have to use the Word of God to make sure that we know what is true. And we have to seek it out. We have to seek truth out and we have to sift it out. I came across this line this week, and uh, we have some allergies in our family, so this, this is almost my favorite line of the whole sermon. It says this, We must act like we have an allergy to everything false. We have to act like we have an allergy to everything false. We shouldn't come around it, we shouldn't eat it, we shouldn't you know, rub that lotion on and then we break out in hives. We have to stay away from everything false. Huff's preached it, I've preached it. The reliability of this scripture, every time they unearth a new vessel, what does it do? It proves the validity and the truth of God's word. No matter what town, city, vessel, coin, tributary, whatever they find, it validates even further God's scripture. So on your plate, think about your life. Can you put true in one of those circles? Or is it T-R-A-L-S-E? I'm not going to spell it, right? But you want all truth, but we let false stuff trickle into our lives, right? So how much truth do you really put on your platter? Do you base your everyday life in truth? So truth or false, put that on your plate. The next one, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. Honor, to revere, to respect, to treat with difference and submission. Exodus 20, 12 says this. It says, honor your father and your mother. I had pre-permission for this story. We were sitting here finalizing the sermon last night after dinner. And I said, honor your father and mother. Aaron and Debbie are down with us. Renee's mom and dad, it's great to have them down. And I was like, so Aaron and Debbie... Renee's smiling for me to hear. She's like, what do I say? Has there ever been a time when Renee didn't honor her father or mother? That is cheating. I went right to the source. And Aaron, he goes, huh. (laughs) That was my favorite response. Huh. (laughs) But honor your father and mother. And actually, at the end of that, everybody always stops right there. Everybody stops, honor your father and mother, but the rest of that verse says what? That your days will be long in the land that your Lord, your God, has given you. There's more to that in the value of parental relationships in the family home as it's designed to be with a father, a mother, and a child. But more and more we struggle in our culture today with honor. 
We, we struggle with that. Just simply put, we don't honor things in the culture that should be honored, and we don't honor the people um, that should be honored. For example, Chris said this morning, he always steals my lines. Sunday is the only day of the week we want to be Christians. But that's not what we're called to do. Sure, we set aside Sunday as a day that we honor God. He, Christ arose. We set aside Sunday for that purpose. But it just doesn't stop on Sunday. I don't have my still-toed shoes on today, but I feel like I need to ask this question. Last week, Huff gave a message on Stephen, and he asked you, what is your defense going to be? Read it. Think about what your defense would be. I don't want to see your hands. How many of you actually read it? How many of you actually read it? How many of you wrote down, if someone questioned my faith today, can I honor God enough to have the right answer? There's a reason that challenges come. And last week the challenge was to get ready. Because there will be a defense. And we have to be able to honor God. So do we put honor on our plate? Or do we put shame on our plate? Do you honor God with your life, with your witness? Or do you bring shame to Him? I want you to be able to write honor on your plate. But I know I'm not as strong as I want to be. There's times I shy away. But I want to get stronger. And I want to honor God. And I want every one of us to continue to honor God. So is there truth on your plate? Is there honor on your plate? And the next one is whatever is just. Whatever is just. So the quality of being fair and reasonable. I think we see in our culture a lot today is that we don't look for justice, we seek revenge. We seek revenge. But revenge is not only one-sided, but is also propelled by what? By self-interest. Justice, on the other hand, is impartial. In an evangelical sense, living in exact conformity to the divine will of God is the definition of being just. We live in the exact conformity to the divine will. And are we unjust and act contrary to the standards that God sets before us or not? We have to, Huff said it last week, he uses it a lot, I'm starting to use it a lot, but our call is to be obedient. Leave the results up to God. Turn with me now to Psalms 146. Psalms 146, 5 through 10. Brother Randy was calling me out this morning. He said, if Huff preaches, he goes over there. If Kevin goes over here, now I'm self-conscious about which side I go to. It's funny. I'd get that. All right, I'm going to have to go over here some more. This side, this side. I'm letting you down over here. I've got to come over here some more. 146, Psalms 146, verses 5 through 10. Hear the flipping, we're there. All right, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, 
who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to a ruin. The Lord will reign forever your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Who is ultimately responsible for justice? God is. God is. Good answer. God is ultimately responsible. So when we've been wronged, how do we handle it? What do we put on our plate? If you had to truly look at yourselves and your lives, do we act justly according to God's word or do we act unjustly? Do we just want revenge or do we want to seek forgiveness and let God handle the justice? Back to Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is pure is next. All right. We live in a dirty world. Now I'm talking about dust bunnies under the bed or dust on the mantle. We live in a dirty world. Right? We fill our minds and bodies with dirt, not the pure things of God. Right? A couple weeks ago I said, just turn the news off. Just turn it off. But there are people, you may be one of them, not picking on you, but you leave it on all day long. You just leave it on all day long. Uh oh, Jeannie's looking at Greg. (laughs) But no, you leave it on. Right? Yes, yes. Sorry, I shouldn't look at people's faces. Call them out. Right? But we leave it on all day long. And you just don't know what to believe, what's true, what's false. We talked about sifting it. Just last night, I I was cruising the headlines, shame on me, cruising the headlines, and Fox News says, um, Trump shares COVID concerns at G2 Summit with world leaders. And I click over to CNN, and what's it say? It says, Trump skips G2 Summit on coronavirus to play golf. I'm like, what's true? What's true? I didn't read any of the articles because... We got stuff to focus on. I didn't read either one of them. But I'm like, which one's true? Which one's false? Right? We fill our minds and stuff with just, ah. We spend so much time on that, but how much time do we spend with Christ? Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 7. John chapter 8, verse 7. John chapter 8, verse 7. We all know Romans 3.23, for we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This verse is very similar. Chapter 8, verse 7, the woman called in adultery, it says, And as they continued to ask him, him being Jesus, he stood up and said to him, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Did anybody throw a stone? No. Because they all knew that they had sin in their lives. They all knew they had dirt in their lives. A couple weeks at Bible study, you watched this comedian, uh, Michael Jr. Funny guy, awesome message, focused on the Lord. He always brings it back around. And he said when him and his 14, he didn't know Christ at the time, but when he was 14, him and his buddy decided they didn't want to curse anymore. 
They didn't want to curse anymore. So they brought it up and they said, you know, anytime they say a cuss word, you just punch them right in the chest. Boom, boom, right? Kind of break them of that habit. You know, that, and that cleaned up their language, right? But whether or not you have a punch fest with your brothers or sisters, look over there at my brother, my sisters, not mine, but they get a little heated sometimes. But that's part of growing up together. But what do you have to do to keep your, your heart pure, your mind pure, is what we're talking about here. Personally, personally, for me, impurity. In college is when I decided to, along with Renee at the time, that, hey, I want to clean up my thoughts. I want to clean up my mind. I want to get ready for marriage as it's intended. So I read a book, Every Young Man's Battle. It's a really good book. What do we do? Anybody got a Shape magazine or Women's Health magazine? Right? What do we do? Ripped off the cover. There's some good stuff in there. Right? But for me, purity, I said, Renee, can you rip off those covers? And she did. She helped me out. There's a lot of dirt that likes to infiltrate our minds. A lot of it's in the checkout line. <laughs> right? They try to grab you. They try to grab you. But purity... It's time to put purity back on our plates. And that's the other option of what you can put on your platter. You can put purity or you can put filth on your plate. And that's a choice that we all have to make. Unfortunately, over and over and over again, we have to make that choice in the society that we live in. So purity. And the next one, is whatever is lovely. Whatever is lovely. Now you could go into lovely several different ways. I simply went for the physical nature of lovely. I've told you that I know for sure that God is on the river at 6 o'clock in the morning. There's many people that will say, I know that God is on the beach at sunset. Right? Wherever your oasis is, sunrise over the mountains here in West Virginia, wherever it is, God has created it, and He has the power in it, no matter where you're at. No matter where you're at. You see those lovely things in your lives. We've been watching the recap of, because uh, we missed it for a while, we tuned out a little bit, but uh, America's Got Talent. So we've been catching up the last couple of days, right? And there's this lovely story of a homeless, you might, may or may not, I don't know who watches it, but Voice of Our City Choir, Voice of Our City Choir, and it was a choir that was formed from homeless folks in the streets of San Diego, right? And they got together, they, they found their, 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 their just, um, you know, camaraderie and a sense of purpose through singing. And they, they got the golden buzzer. Very inspirational story. They got the golden buzzer. I, I don't know how far they went after that. I've just seen that one. But what a story on how to make an ugly situation beautiful their song was beautiful right they came together and made an ugly situation just absolutely beautiful so that's another spot on your plate do you fill it with the lovely things around you or do you fill it with the ugly things around you what do you focus on what lenses do you look at And then the sixth thing is whatever is commendable, right? So speak in favor of an action or event is what commendable means. 
right? I think today, commendable, I know that, you know, we, we get into this politically correct culture. I think people are afraid to compliment or commend people much anymore, right? And I think that we need to, to bring that back a little bit of complimenting. Hey, you look nice. Hey, good job on that. Thank you for this. Yes, appreciate it, brother. You know, we, we don't do that enough today and what behaviors we commend. But the opposite is commend is offensive. And we're so afraid to offend someone that we don't commend people anymore. And therefore, we don't really build anyone up. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9 says this. It says, But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. So we're talk, Paul's talking here about food sacrificed to idols and this story about how if it brings a brother down, if it's offensive to him, we shouldn't do it, right? We shouldn't do that. And, and that, that's, just a, that's the verse that I think about here, about we shouldn't cause our brothers to stumble. And if there is an offensive to us behavior, we've talked many times about how we should respond with what? Gentleness and respect. And that's the scripture things. I'm not going to yell, kick, scream, hey, you're doing this wrong. You're going to, you know, just, I'm not going to do that. I'm simply going to state it. I'm simply going to state it. Now, it's important if you, what, repeat something. I might repeat it a second time, a third time, a fourth time. But I'm not going to yell. Right? I'm not going to be offensive to you. But I'll make sure you know what the truth really is. Okay? All right, so back to our main passage Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. So he gives us six things. And he gives us these kind of these buckets. And then he gives us, um, he gives us uh, two more. Before I talk about those two more, I'll go over here. This, this is one thing that, that helped me this week. And bro- Brother Jeff said that we were going to uh, take up money here. These are collection buckets for turkeys. <laughs> but I was, like, I was like, no, no, these, these aren't collection buckets for turkeys but but those those six things that we just went over right or those uh eight if you count excellence right to those things people tend to think in buckets this isn't a deep psychology lesson but just just hear this quick point right what was the first thing he said whatever is true whatever is honor just purity okay let, let's stop right here Let's stop on this just impurity for a second. All right. So I might think of a certain situation. Let, let's take let's take sex out of marriage. Okay. Now, if I have my if I think about it from a purity standpoint, is that something that is pure according to God's word? No, it's not. Right. It's designed between a man and a woman in marriage. So right. I think about this bucket. I'm going to drop it. I think about purity. I'm thinking about that bucket. Right, But somebody that doesn't have a purity mindset is thinking about what is just. Okay, well, I'm going to think about what is just. And if I think about what is just, and I think about sex outside of marriage, I'm thinking, well, nobody gets hurt. What's wrong with it? Right? But God asks us to what? Our mind should think about all of these things. See the difference? If I just think about purity, 
I'm going to probably get this guy upset when I take a strong position. But he's not looking at it from a standpoint. He's just looking at it and categorizing it as it's just. Nobody got hurt. It's okay. Right? And then we get into to other ones down the line. But it really helped me this week as I was preparing to think about this is a source of tension in our society, in our culture today about the way that people think about things. And so I want to make sure that as we talk about truth and purity and just and commendable is that if somebody is saying something that is not biblical or is not uh, aligned with God's word, don't be offensive about it. Think about where they're coming from. Try to think about what bucket they're thinking about. And I think that'll help diffuse a lot of situations. Okay, make sense? Okay, you can put your turkey money in that last bucket at the end of the service. <laughs> All right. And yes, I use Max Fly noodles because I can't afford Titleist Pro V1s. So, but uh, actually, those are really old. Morgan found them for me, thank goodness. All right. So, we have truth, honor, just, pure, lovely, commendable. All right. And he says whatever each time. Now, do I have any strong English people in here? Strong English speakers, writers, anybody? You know, you would totally shorten that sentence. You could totally shorten that sentence, right? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, right? You could really shorten that sentence down. But he repeats whatever six times. And I think that's, it goes right back to this example is that we have to not just think about one situation. We can't think about this situation is pure. We have to think about a big umbrella of what purity looks like, a big umbrella of what truth looks like. We can't just put it in these little things. I think it's important there that he, he repeated whatever several times. So all of these things, and then, and then he gives it even two bigger umbrellas with excellence and worthy of praise. If anything is excellent or if anything is worthy of praise, then we should do that in our lives and we should commend that. We should think about that. How many times have you been going through something and you're like, wow, I wish I would have thought of that? Right? Some people are like, I could have made a lot of money. If I would have thought of that first, right? But we go through lives. People have different experience, different things in their lives. And we say, man, I wish I would have thought of that. You know, we, we do that in our workplace. We do that. You know, I, I see something. Sometimes I watch seminars. Seminars. I'm thinking, wow, that's an excellent idea. I want to do that. And that's kind of the umbrella he's talking about. If you go through your life and another brother or sister, or this person's doing this or that, and it aligns with the word of God, maybe it helps you on your, on your uh, prayer prayer time or maybe it helps you um, you know just as you're dealing with a difficult co-worker or, or whatever it helps you with think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise all of this we're talking about getting our mind right and guarding our mind so that we have that peace of God Romans 12 2 use it often it's one of my favorite ones one of the first ones I memorized right do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Renewing what? Your mind. All six of these things, eight of these things, we want to put in our mind. We want to think about all of these things. 2 Corinthians 10.5 2 Corinthians 10.5 states, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey who? To obey Christ. 
to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So we say we obey Christ. Let's go back to our main passage. Remember, obey Christ. Philippians 4, 7, at the end of that, it says, Understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in whom? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Renew your mind in Christ. Renew your mind. Take every thought captive. So I see Christ. And I see Christ. And the Thanksgiving question is, are we truly thankful for Christ? Are we truly? Brother Chris, he gave us John 3.16 this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Do you believe that? And are you thankful for it? I want to continue reading here in John 3.16, continuing on in verse 18. It says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their words were evil, works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out to God. We memorize this verse, John 3, 16. We often leave out 17 through 18, but it's really good stuff. We should expand that verse in your memorization time. Right? John 3, 16. We memorize it. We study it. Do we really get it? I found this several years ago. I want to share it with you today. This is the best I've ever got it. Brother Brown, I ask you to play it. We're going to watch this and then come back and, and look at one or two more verses. That meant to me. So thank you for allowing me to share that with you today. As emotional and powerful as that was, that's just put into words so that we can understand it. It doesn't capture how powerful that sacrifice truly was. Open your Bible to the passage that we started with. Philippians 4, 8. We've been talking about what's on your plate and the choices that you make to put on your plate. Been told, you look at this passage, I read, this could be the shortest biography of Jesus to be in the Bible. Look at it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, John 4, 16 says what? 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever is honorable, time and time again, Jesus humbled man to honor God, time and time again. Whatever is just, 1 John 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 Peter 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ, Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot, Jesus is pure. He's worthy of our praise. Revelation 5, 11 through 14. Revelation 5, 11 through 14. Awesome picture of what heaven will look like one day, and I'm going to read it. I want to shout it. I want to read it. If you want to read it with me, please do. Revelation 5, 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Everybody in heaven shouted this. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sun and in the sea and all of them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped him. We will bow one day. All of us will bow one day whether by choice or whether by force. We will bow down one day to Christ. This is deep. This is hard. But your thanksgiving platter belongs to Christ. And I hope and I pray that every one of you has a better understanding of His sacrifice for you in me. So what's on your Thanksgiving platter? Is it pure? Is it truth? Is it full of praise? And that takes us to the verse we haven't talked about today. We read it once. Philippians 4, 9. What you have... 4, verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me... What does Paul tell us to do? He tells us to practice. We've said it. It's been the motto. It's like the motto of October and November. Roll up your sleeves. Let's get to work. We saw it yesterday. There is a need. I'm challenging today to get your life right. Because so many people need us. So many people need the hope of Christ. And we must practice these things. Because if we do, there is a peace that passes all understanding. And I hope that all of us grasp that peace of God this Thanksgiving season. Let's stand.